Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today. Monday morning on Rural Queensland Today across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Uh, leader of the National Party joining us this morning, David Littleproud. David, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us, mate. Uh, it's been a big couple of weeks. How are you feeling? Yeah, mate, just starting to catch up with myself now, uh, to be honest, and just have a bit of a sleep. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're still trying to piece a bit of it together. We've got a shadow cabinet now uh, and obviously had some conversations with Peter Dutton around the shadow cabinet. It was important to get that right. Yep. Uh, and, and then obviously now, once we get some staffing, uh, we'll start to to get ourselves uh, together. We're heading over to do some uh, to do a shadow cabinet this week to, to put our feet under the desk. There's some big issues, whether it be the energy, uh, whether it be about the inflation uh, costs uh, that are hitting us. Uh, these are the types of things we're going to we're going to be constructive, but we're going to hold this mob to account. There's no two ways about it, and the National Party are represented quite nicely. Um, the list of nationals in the shadow ministry is such. Obviously, um, as the leader, you've got the agricultural portfolio. Uh, Senator Perrin Davey, uh, Water and Emergency Management. Bridget McKenzie, Infrastructure, Transport, Regional Development. Uh, Kevin Hogan, um, the Trade and Tourism. Um, Senator Susan McDonald, Resources in Northern Australia, which is just huge. Barnaby Joyce, Veteran Affairs. Now, out of ministry, Andrew G, Regional Health and Education. Michael McCormack, International Development and the Pacific. Assistant Ministers, Anne Webster, Regional Development. Michelle Landry, Manufacturing. And uh, Pat Conan. Um, social services prevention of family violence. So there's a good representation of the national parties in uh, the shadow cabinet, which says to me that Peter Dutton clearly sees that you guys are wanting to work together. He wants your support and you guys have come to a very nice agreement. Um, now now we've got to keep the government to account. Yeah, mate. Look, our, our ethos on this one was around bringing some renewal and generational change and to bring trade home. Uh, trade's been with the national party for generations. Uh, and in fact, many people don't think that we're free trade people, but we actually are. It's it's actually Blackjack McEwen that was the first one to sit down with the Japanese after the Second World War and get a free trade agreement. And look what that's done for us. So the Nats have all very much understood our our place in the world and what we need to do in being able to get more for farmers. And that's to understand that we're 26 million people. We produce enough food, five for 80, so we have to trade with the world. So to get trade back was huge. Uh, to bring some new people through, like Susie McDonald, was, was very important to give them the opportunity to, to step up in terms of generational change and yeah. parent. Uh, and, and then, obviously, to respect uh, the leaders of the past, to bring some calmness to the party room, uh, but to draw on their experience. Uh, that's been what we've been trying to do, and, and we'll continue to do that, is to bring some new people through. Uh, we, we need to understand. We have to listen to what the electorate said. We did hold on to all our seats, but we have gone backwards in a number where we've seen some pretty big swings against us. So we've got to understand that. We've got to listen. We've got to learn. And then uh, obviously trying to get that balance right with Peter Dutton in holding this mob to account is important. But we've got to be constructive too, mate. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we, we came out. People don't want to wrote- clash. People don't want to clash straight up. Like, you know, the the, the, the war that went on, um, and, and I don't think it was your blokes, I don't think it was it, but people just want some – you know, to see what happens, let it go out. You guys aren't going to go and shout from the rooftops. You know, the uh, the Labor Party, they'll do it to themselves. So you guys just need to be ready to jump and obviously have solutions. Yeah, look, uh, as I said to Peter Dutton, the, the Australian people wanted a Labor government, well, we've got to give it to them because they're going to find out how bad it'll be, particularly when you look at some of the challenges we're facing. We're trying to be constructive on things like energy. I wrote to Anthony Albanese, and, and while there's some short-term challenges, and they're saying that's nine years of neglect, no, that's this little thing called Vladimir Putin 
crossing the Ukraine border 100 days ago, yeah. which turned our energy markets upside down. Uh, what, what Chris Bowen actually is adopting with the states last week is exactly what we put in place, is where we, we're going to have to have uh, secure baseload power to support the renewables that are there, uh, and that's in gas. Gas and coal, and we were our plan was to protect coal through carbon capture storage, and to have more gas infrastructure to be able to switch it on and off. We've also said, and I wrote to Albanese and said, let's look at the long term. Well, let's have a look at things like the new emerging technologies in nuclear power, the small scale modular. Now you understand, I don't, I don't support big, big nuclear power plants. Uh, that's not going to happen in Australia. But there's emerging technology that's starting to happen in the United States. It has to be competitive. Now, Chris Barnes says, no, it's all too dear. Well, it's too dear on the analysis they've done at the moment. The, the technology's been, being developed now. Now, if it gets down to be competitive, why would we close our mind to that if we can do it safely and we can do it the Australian way? We're going to pump billions of dollars into, into trying to understand hydrogen. Why wouldn't we look at, at nuclear uh, and small-scale modular while we're at it? So, But we've got to bring the community with us, and that's why I tried to say to Albanese, let's create a political construct where there's no fighting. We just listen to one another. And if the community doesn't get there and it's not cost-effective, well, that's okay. But we've explored it and we've given the community the chance to understand what the opportunities are. Uh, and, and, so, and sadly, uh, all they've done is come out and just said, no, we're, we're not real bright. Well, um, that's that's for them, but we'll keep putting ideas up and we'll keep holding them to account when your, your electricity bill keeps going up. I don't think that they realise because the promises that they've made, and we're talking with Nationals leader David Littleproud this morning, the promises the Labor government have made to the Greens is that they're going to reduce these coal and gas and all these things that they have appeased to over a long time. The fact of the matter is they can't. The fact of the matter is that if they do that, we will have a catastrophic economic crisis on our hands in our own backyard, and they realise that. They are one of the pillars of what is holding our economy together and the royalties and, and from every – so it's it, it's the chicken and the egg for the Labor Party. It Deep down, they know that they need it. And and to be honest with you, they were, they were built off the back of this, but they've appeased to the Greens over some time, and now we've got a situation where they're making promises they can't keep. Well, exactly, and this is the problem they've got, Mose. While they've got a majority in the House of Representatives, which lets them form government, what they don't have is a majority in the Senate, And but they do have it with the Greens, and they can only rely on the Greens to get them across the line. So this is, this is the challenge that they're going to have to face up to, is the promises they've made and the practical reality of, of implementation. And this is where, you know, it hasn't just been the fact that Vladimir Putin um, crossed the border and has sent gas prices sky high. It's meant that because we've had this thing called La Nina, we've also dropped capacity from from um, solar, and yep. that meant that we've had even more problems. So you have to have baseload, and flexible baseload is what we're talking about. And so our commitment has always been around that baseload. Is if you yes, everyone wants to reduce emissions. We get we get that's the ideology everyone wants, wants to do, but that should be first principle. And if you can do that with new technologies that reduce emissions from coal fired power stations. Why wouldn't you do that? If you reduce the emissions from gas, why wouldn't you do that? If you look at new technology, yes, we're happy to look at hydrogen, but why not look at nuclear as well? But, you know, this is a problem. You, the batteries do, uh, batteries are not there for renewables. No. And while you want to sing Kumbaya and say they're all there, they're not. The practical reality is you've got to keep the lights on and you've got to pay the bills. And the world's still using gas. The world's still using coal, and we're going to be sending a lot of boats out still. I get if they want to change here, but you've got to be able to keep the lights on, and you can't do that without baseload power, 
And yes, if you want to reduce emissions, then embrace the technology that can do that even in our traditional industries. That's common sense. That's the Australian way. That's what the coalition said from the start is how you handle this, how this uh, in reducing emissions but making sure you're cheap, reliable power. Yeah, well said. Now, David, quickly, asylum seekers, I mean, we're all cheering about and the society is, is so happy about what's gone on in Biloela. And that's just the, the, the sentiment. But the bottom line is that w- w- we need to make sure that our borders are secure. Our immigration laws, I believe, have been absolutely spot on over the last 10 years. We have st- – and, and the boats were coming. They, they were coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. But you know what has happened? They have stopped. But now we've got to change a government. We've already got a – where a new asylum seeker vessel has already been spotted. It hasn't taken long. People watch these things. They understand when there's a relaxation of laws around asylum seekers. And now we're in a situation where we need to be very, very careful about our border control. Oh, totally, mate. And and what these people smugglers are doing is testing the business model of a new government. They remember the last time this mob were in and they were able to send hundreds of boats across and thousands of people lost their lives, but they made a lot of money. So what they're doing now is they're testing the resolve of this government to see whether they're going to hold up to those policies that we had. Uh, so this is a real test of this government, and I, I suspect there'll be some more boats that'll come. We won't hear a lot about them. They'll keep, keep it as quiet as they can, but we need to make sure that they hold the line in terms of what we've been able to do. Now, I, I get there's people out there, they've got all the compassion in the world, and we should open up free borders. I don't accept that. I think we've got a responsibility as a government, first and foremost, is to keep you safe, and you can only do that when we know who's coming into this country. Not just being, not sneaking in on a boat, trying to come in and then doing a bit of time in a detention centre, and then they let them out. That's not the way to do it. The way to do it is you you wait your turn, you go through the process, and we have a look at you. We run the ruler over you, and we make sure you're up to what what we expect to live in the in the best country on the planet. And so this is the this is the real challenge Labor's got is they've got the left of their party that are screaming at them saying let's have all these open borders. And the right of the party that's going, well, we're worried about what will happen, but we're probably going to, we're going to edge, edge the way of the left here. And, and so you're even seeing Justine Ardern saying, oh, she wants to water down the policies that we put in place. Well, we deported Kiwis, sent them home if they did the wrong thing. If they did it, they undertook a malicious crime. We put them, once they did their time, we put them on a plane, we sent them back to New Zealand. They weren't welcome here. Now, once you start, once you start, clawing away and breaking down some of those principles that you have, then you start sending messages to the to those that want to make money and about sending people here illegally and bad people is they know that there's an opportunity to send people in in an easier than what it was before. And so this is a, this is about getting back to prime responsibility of the government of keeping you safe. And we're just worried that this mob, particularly Albo, who's from the left of the party, who's Got a lot, lot of compassion in the world, good on him, but that doesn't always keep you safe. And that's what we're worried about is they're going to crimp away from some of these policies that we've had, and that means we're not going to be as safe. Are you are you worried about that, David? Put yourself, you're a father, you you actually know how hard it has been. You, you're privy to information and, 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 and a lot more information about border security than the average Australian. Are you, do you get concerned about it? Oh, yeah, there's some bad people out there in the world, and the world's changing. There's a new world order. And, and while we live out in regional Australia, and there's relative safety out here because we're not in the in the cut and thrust of capital cities, and we're probably not prime targets for for some of the threats that are there. 
uh, they are real, uh, and they're things that we have to we actually have to take into account. While we don't pub- we never publicise them uh, to a granular level uh, while you're in government, because that's just not what you should do in terms of of treating that that sensitive information. It is real, uh, and this is the thing: is that the world's changing. People do want to do us harm. And the best way to make sure we can protect ourselves is to is to protect the, the natural advantage we've got, which is an island country. Yeah. And so all we need to do is to continue to make sure we keep those strong borders. I'm not saying we close our borders to everybody. I'm not saying we shouldn't be compassionate. There's people in, in UN camps around the world that are sitting living in tents at the moment that can't afford to pay someone to get on a boat that probably sure. deserve to be ahead of the queue. But we'll take our fair share of them. But when we do let someone in, They've got to be for, for that'll benefit our nation, that'll advance our nation, that'll live with our values and principles and promote that, but not allow people to come in through a back door that opens up the potential to them to do harm to our to our country. And that's a government's responsibility, no matter their, their political persuasion. That's what we took very seriously, and I just hope this mob does too. Yeah, well said. Appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, Leader of the National Party, uh, David Littleproud, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again shortly. Thanks, mate. Good on you. Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. We'll take a break, come back with more on Rural Queensland Today.